On this episode, the Argos hoist Earl Grey's mug. Will looks back on some pivotal plays this season. And did we mention we won the Grey Cup? Crack those cold ones. It's the Argos FanCast. You can find us at Argos FanCast or anywhere you find your friendly neighborhood podcast. Just search Argos FanCast. I'm Clay Chisholm. You can find me at all kinds of clay on the various social media machines. And joining us, as always, our resident historian from ArgoFans.com. He is the VP of Football Operations, Will Gertler, MBA. Hi, everybody. What a week it's been for our Toronto Argonauts. You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.ArgoFans.com. And from the double blue order, Sir Douglas of House Ballinger, second of his name, Lord of Section 116, Warden of the South Sun, Dirt of the Realm. It's it's a Grey Cup winner. It's time to time to go with a little bit of a drinky poo on this one. Ah, much better. You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find the Double Blue Order on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Just look up the Double Blue Order. You'll find us. And we've got a merch store. Champions gear will be coming back out once we dust it off. And we still have, for as long as he's still an Argonaut, we still have the Law Firm t-shirt. DoubleBlueOrder.ca Well, gentlemen, it was, uh, it's been a great week. Um, we had to, had to delay a recording a little bit to make sure that all three of us were here. Sorry guys. <laughs> well, yeah, we, you know, we can't, yeah, you guys, you guys want a you, great cup show. And you guys want, cup. you guys wanted to do a record without me on like Tuesday or Wednesday. And I'm like, what the hell guys? I gotta it be was, here for it. It's it the season a, finale. It, <laughs> yeah. Well, we waited. We got Thank Doug you. on. Thank you. And the Argos won the Grey Cup. That they did. Very much so. <laughs> well. Held on, held on to win 24-23. Oh, and it, yeah. In the last, like, five minutes, you had an interception and two block kicks. Yeah. Uh, going down the stats. Yeah. <laughs> Going down the stats, uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, 15 of 28, 203 yards. Chad Kelly, 4 of 6 for 43 yards. Andrew Harris had uh, 10 carries, 55 yards. A.J. Ouellette had 6 carries, 24 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Uh, Chad Kelly also had 2 carries for 21 yards and a very timely one on the on their game went glint. Um, receiving wise, Cam Phillips led the way four catches, 96 yards. Devaris Daniels, seven catches, 58 yards. Marky Thambles, three for 47. Brandon Banks, three for 31. Andrew Harris at one for 14. Curly Gittens didn't get a catch. Uh, AJ Willett, uh, one for one yard. And uh, Tommy Neal was uh, the other one who got uh, a target in this. Boris Beatty, not the greatest day, but uh, he came out from uh, 36, 52, and 42. Uh, six, six tries, three, three field goals, one single. He missed three? And he missed three. 
Well, keep in mind, one of them was blocked. Yeah. Oh, that counts as a miss, yeah. Um, And then what else we got? Defense. Uh, Jonathan Jones led the way with five tackles. Uh, Robbie Smith had uh, four tackles and one key quarterback sack. Tavarius McFadden, four four tackles. Jack Tassar, three and four on special teams. Uh, Royce Mechie had three. Enoch Mwamba had three and interception. Shaq Richardson had uh, two and an interception. Um, Chris Edwards had a sack. Sean Oakman had a sack. Dwayne Hendricks had a sack. It was a pretty decent day for this defense. Yeah, it what was the what was the um the uh the, the narrative going into this game oh Winnipeg's offensive line's wonderful and uh Winnipeg's defensive line is wonderful um and what's, what doesn't what's, yeah what's what's not mince words what they 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 were saying Winnipeg was going to slaughter us mm-hmm. yeah and I was telling anybody who would listen that this is going to be a close game. Any given Sunday. Look, on on paper, you would have assumed that Winnipeg would have just mopped the floor with us. But as we've seen the last couple of years, we match up very well with Winnipeg. Yeah, and I, I mean the defense. What also doesn't show on this um, the spreadsheet, but stat sheet was that J- uh, Jamal Peters dropped an interception. He knocked Wamba dropped an interception, and I think there was one other player who I, I don't remember his name also dropped an interception. Mm-hmm. Um, and then more uh, highly, Chris Edwards, he had a t- pass that went incomplete on that last drive. If Winnipeg converts that play, you know, they have a closer field goal attempt. This thing stood, they had to go, you know, 40 or 47 yard kick and, uh, you know, the, the big block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Defense, uh, looking at four quarterback sacks for uh, our defense, which yeah. that, I think that, that was huge. Knocked down five passes and two interceptions. Like that's, two sacks brought back by penalty. Yep. So <laughs> they had a, a banner day. Yep. The, the did what they had to do. Um, they they managed to keep the time of possession relatively even. I think we were talking about maybe, uh, where was it here? Time of possession. Toronto had the ball for 29 minutes, 22 seconds. Winnipeg had the ball for 30 minutes, 38 seconds. Whenever it's close, Toronto tends to win. So when our defense is out there for far too long. that Plus, this was the Grey Cup. As, uh, well... Now, I, I want to quote a friend of ours, and some people have actually called called him super fan 
Steve Cody, quote, we don't lose Grey Cups. Nope, we don't. Nope. I think that needs to be on a T-shirt. I'll get that on a T-shirt. That's <laughs> going to be part of the Champions collection that's going to be coming out. No, and that was part of the narrative all week too. And and yeah. you know I kept getting worried. Oh man, like this is the first time where they're really talking about this before the Grey Cup. Like I don't think 2012 or 2017 they really talked about it. Now you sort of feel like no. oh, sh- oh crap, they're going to jinx us or something. And nope. No, and the one weird thing that somebody pointed out afterwards that I didn't even think about was every five years we win the cup. Yeah, I'd like it to be every less than that. 20, now, but. 2012, 20, yeah, 2017, and now 2022. Yeah, I don't want to wait till 2027 for the next Argos Grey Cup. No, I don't. No, no, no. We should. We shouldn't have to. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If we win it, when we win it next year, that's we won the Grey Cup when Canada turned uh, had their one had their 150th, yeah, 150th, yeah. 150th birthday. Yep. Yeah, Argos turned 150 on Octo- in October of next year. Hmm. Bring on the repeat. I like it. So I mean. <laughs> I mean, we normally would do the good, the bad, and the ugly, but I didn't, you know. Honestly, I don't remember anything that was ugly. Yeah. No, no, no. We, no, no. We're not doing a good, bad, ugly. It's going to be a good, great, and awesome. Mm. It's all good. Yeah. Exactly. So, so what was great what, and what was what awesome? Stood, yeah. What's what stood out to you guys in this in this game? I think. I mean. You you can't ignore what Chad Kelly did. No. You're up against a 15 and three team. Your uh, the number one quarterback, this you know McLeod Bethel Thompson, dislocates his thumb halfway through the fourth quarter. We're all sitting there like, what the hell's going on? Because the broadcast hasn't quite picked up on it yet either, and. You know, while the sure the, the scoring sheet four of six forty three yards doesn't really leap out at you, I think to go out and play with that poise in that situation, you know, can't be ignored. Absolutely not. And we well know that that twenty yard run on second and fifteen that was. You know, got to be frustrating for Winnipeg in a sense because there's no way MBT's doing that. Um, no, nope, not not with the same speed that Kelly does anyway. I mean, he yeah. has known to rattle off the the odd run, but uh, that was a little bit more yeah. skill than wide open. Right, and we just can't. I mean, we we I think we have a quarterback who can be a star it, it, it's yeah you just can't ignore the situation he came in there no and i mean look we look at this the, okay so that that drive in particular 
Uh, incomplete pass to Cam Phillips. Um, penalty. Uh, penalty. Um, and uh, then we got an, another penalty on Winnipeg. Then the 20 yard run. Then an AJ Willett run. Then a completed pass to Devaris Daniels. Then the touchdown run. He did what he had to do, and you know he didn't look phased by the moment, which is nice. He was also very elusive in that he. I thought he would. He showed his legs a little bit, which is awesome to see because we're so used to pocket pass, wait too long, potentially get sacked or throw it away. Instead, mm-hmm. he was able. Instead, he was able to completely. Ev- he was able to evade a couple of pass rushers and actually rattle off. And he was, and that was a. He was able to rattle off that twenty run, twenty run, uh, twenty yard run. Sorry. Yeah, and and even with a couple passes that he threw, he was making very fast decisions, and he was gunning those in. Like they they were not going in lightly, so it was either they were going to be caught or they were bouncing out of the stadium. Doug, what stood stood out to you? Uh. I really, I mean, the defensive play. We've already know we already touched on it, but they re they they played as if their lives depended on it. They especially, I mean, they, can we talk Enoch Mwamba for a second? Always. That man played out of his skin. He left it all out there, and you saw that he left and, it all and out he, there. I mean, it did. Yeah, and the, like it was, it was weird when you looked at the stat sheet afterwards. You go three tackles and one interception. Like he looked like he was in on two thirds of every, two thirds of all the plays. Mm-hmm. Even some where he wasn't even, even some offensive plays, he looked like he was out there. Oh, he was, but he was a beast going down the stretch. I mean, twenty-four. Basically, from the game against Edmonton, October 15th, he, the four games, he recorded 27 tackles, a pick, and a sack. You know, he really, I mean, he was he was great all year, don't get me wrong, but, you know, when Winton McManus went down, I, he turned it up another gear. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something like that stood out to me in this game. It was just it was just such a team win. Like, yeah, there were guys that, you know, brought everybody like Enoch Mwamba went out there and he brought that defense with him, but they were they were following right behind him. Right, he led the charge, and he had a bunch of will, willing 
combatants with them. You know, like they you cannot necessarily pick out, you know, one person who stood out over over everybody else. Like everybody played a part. And that was just I. That's I think something that, you know, we. <laughs> You say, oh, yeah, everybody played their part, but that co- goes down to coaching, making sure everybody buys in, making sure everybody knows their roles. And, and Witty got, uh, should have gotten coach of the year. Like he, Everybody played their role and did what, they, did what they had to do, stepped up when they had to step up in this game, and, you know, pushed others when they needed to be pushed. It was an entire team win, and it took this entire team to beat that Blue Bomber team. Yeah, and and I think we shouldn't. I mean, I suppose we'll talk, maybe recap the season a little bit, you know, the regular season a little bit later. But you you can't, you got to appreciate, you know, this team was wasn't perfect. It, it, it got down in a lot of games, but it found the, the heart and fortitude to be successful in the end. And we, well, let's, let's mention, we mentioned Enoch, uh, you name most valuable and most valuable Canadian. And he, joined, he also joined Andrew Harris as just the second player in league history to achieve both, to win both awards in the game. Did anyone else get misty-eyed at the during his uh, during the post game, especially mm-hmm. when his especially when his daughter came up? Oh man, I love Enoch Mwamba. I've... I I I I yeah. Someone was cutting someone someone was cutting onions nearby. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just he's he's been one of the like i think we can name about seven players in this team that we would call the heart and soul um but he's definitely right up there he's I mean we talked to him he's he's an emotional guy and man did it like he was overcome with emotion there and he couldn't even fight it when his, when his daughter came running up to him that if that wasn't heartwarming you don't have a heart another and, guy i want to mention too on that end is sean oakman oh the crap the crap he went through to get to where he is today is a story in and of itself. And he now can call himself a champion. Mm-hmm. Yep. And guess who else can call themselves a champion? Hamilton. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Accomplished in one year with Toronto. In one year with Toronto that he couldn't accomplish in t- close to 10 in Hamilton. What, so, does that, that, what does that tell you? Well, it tells it tells you that he wasn't the problem. <laughs> nope. 
I loved his Instagram. I loved his Instagram story at the end uh, during the cel- during the celebration in the locker room. That was hilarious. I think the first words out was like, "Let's send this straight to Hamilton." I'm like, fucking right, <laughs> yeah, send it straight there. <laughs> oh, and we, and we could also say Chad Kelly's a champion, and he can actually show his uncle Jim what a ring looks like. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, uh, Bill. I'm sorry, Bills fans, but I mean, we we love you, but I sometimes you just, sometimes it's when you I'm see a, when you see us when you well, of course not, Mr. Dolphins, but like when you see the low hanging curve, <laughs> you have to swing at it, and that's that's what I'm gonna do. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't have a dog in the NFL fight, so I really don't care. I'll, I'll shit on <laughs> I'll shit on everybody's team. Yeah. Right, but yeah, yeah, it's it's a great story, and you know, not sure. Uh, well, we're sure about some of these players that are going to be back. When we hope there's going to be others, others back, and we know there's a couple people mulling over some, uh, you know, possible uh, retirement. You know, yeah. Speedy B has talked about it. Um, you know, there's rumors out there about uh, about McLeod Bethel Thompson. Um, you know, and if, yep, yep. You know, I I hope we don't see McLeod Bethel Thompson retire. I hope we don't see Enoch retire. I don't think they're ready yet. Mm. I kind of want to see. I I love when we'll go through the free agent list later. But I'd love to see a full season of Harrison Willette in the backfield. Oh yeah, me too. That would be dangerous. Like it, you'd have teams like literally like tapping out by the third quarter because their defensive line and linebackers you'd have tire treads on them. Well, they're going to be getting trucked all game, so they're going to have tire treads on them. <laughs> so it, yeah, I would love that. You're right. I would love to see see that. Well, Will, you uh, posed some questions on Twitter this week, uh, seeing as though we were extending our little break before we did our post-Grey Cup uh, show. You did some some work and asked some people what what their pivotal moments in this uh, this season was and what the Argos need to do. So what, what came of that? So the question we posed was, what was your favorite moment of the regular season for the Argos? Because the answer would be self-explanatory if I posted a different way. Yeah, because everyone would say, what just happened? Yeah. So let me go through the list of answers and... uh, So, uh, Chris Bird at CRISPR12 on Twitter, uh, went back to the BC Lions game back in uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And um, he says, um, uh, one twenty-five to go in the fourth quarter. MBT pulls the ball down and runs 17 yards to gain a crucial first down. And keeps the clock running and helps seals the win for the Argos. And MBT showed his emotions by signaling first down to the crowd. Um, yeah, that was... Um, Remember BC had missed that field goal. 
that would have tied the game, I believe. And the Argos, uh, through a combination of, well, that MBT and Lions penalties, managed to uh, run out the clock. Bygone Boatman, at Bygone Boatman, uh, his favorite moment um, was beating Hamilton on Labor Day. Certainly, yes. Um, that was the first time we'd won the Labor Day Classic at Tim Hortons Field. And, um, you know, it finished off a 3-1 series win against Hamilton, which was, you know, it was important, I think, that we got Hamilton at that point in the season because they did play a little bit better down the stretch. Um, but we were fortunate to get to play them when they struggled. They 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 got lucky down the stretch. Well, I mean, beating uh, beating uh, Calgary and Calgary is is you got to give them a bit of credit for that. Um, but yeah, there were a few close games as well. I really uh, want I really wanted Ottawa to beat them twice. <laughs> I really did. It would have been nice. Oh, it would have been so. It would have been great. I, I I'm still going to maintain that if that if Mazzoli was healthy, the third and fourth would have been inverted. I still think that possible. It'll be interesting to see what Ottawa does in this off season. Mm, yeah. Anyway, so, sorry to sorry to get off on the tangent, but no, that's, that's going. We want people adding the uh, their own thoughts well especially uh, me being half cut as i am but continue <laughs> nick small um believes attorney he, he's gonna say a turning point was after the loss to hamilton in hamilton um he started to believe this team would win it when he saw mcleod bethel thompson running laps up the stairs in hamilton um and then he further says, you know, the win against Hamilton on Labor Day. That's the point he believed that the Argos would win the game. Or, sorry, win the cup. Ravi, um, let me just get this together. He says his favorite moment was clinching the first place against Montreal uh, when MBT put together two late-game drives, one for a TD and one for a game-winning rouge. And, uh, you know, he felt he shut up his critics with that, uh, although I still think there's some <laughs> morons out there who won't give MBT his due. I mean, he, he did lead winning drives against BC, Edmonton, Montreal, you know, and played top notch in the uh, East final. So mm-hmm. got to give him credit for that. Um where are we now? Brandon Atkinson beating Hamilton on Labor Day. Fair enough. Uh, Tamor Hassan. Uh, this is a play that happened right in front of uh, you and I, Doug. It was seen Jack Assar strip the ball from Devontae Dedman on that misfield goal return. Oh, yes. Yeah, stole the ball out of his hands. And that, uh, that was highway robbery, that play. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And it started the route. We could have snatched his chain and ran the ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Daniel Montanera, the Winton McManus INT to ice the game in Nova Scotia. And that's another key play of the season, I think. Uh, the Argos were down in that game and came back to win and got the season back on track after a slow start. Remember, this team start did start one and two. Let's hold on. Guys, Will, you still there? Oh, he put himself on mute for momentarily. Jehovah's Witnesses? No, my my Panzerati. Oh, <laughs> dinner. Hey, yeah. I had I had pizza as well. Yeah. So, how was it? It was pizza, pizza. It was serviceable. <laughs> yeah, I got pizza Nova. It'll you, be serviceable you, as well. I didn't. You, I didn't. I didn't want to drive to Domino's today. Even bad pizza is still good pizza. Hmm. Better than the sub subway. Ugh. <coughs> Ryan P forty five. All the wins against Hamilton. To which uh, Bill U on uh, at Soulman seven seven three replies. Too bad they didn't document that run. Oh wait. Go check out the rivalry series if you haven't done so already. It was CFO fans Toronto, Dallas. Benoit Marion TD on the punt block by Trevor Hoyt versus Hamilton. Yeah, that's a that's a good that, one as well. That's a great one actually. That's a yeah. good that, that's a good one. Argos were down and kind of started to put their knee on the tie cats, you know, back to pin them down. Um, Connor Sove at Sove Connor Winton McManus Pickett touchdown Atlantic. Was a great exclamation point to the fun in Wolfville. Yeah, as we said earlier, it was a special play. Um, David Zed Argonauts, Peter's pick six against the Tie Cats, the game where he had three interceptions. Mm, yeah, the loudest piped in noise BMO got regular season. <laughs> but yeah, that was, and then he he picked two passes off on Labor Day. Um, former co-host Anthony Tardoli, Montreal's missed extra point. Although I think that was the field that was a field goal, wasn't it? Um, it gave the Argos a week one win, and William Matheson McManus's pick six. So thank you to everybody who gave responses here. Um, now I, I just want to talk with you guys just about a few plays from the Grey Cup itself that I think some people may be overlooking. Um, so the Argos, you know, Janarian Grant had that big punt return. The Argos kicked the field goal after to keep it close. And then um, Winnipeg maybe got a little bit too cute. They put former Argo back up Dakota Prukop into the game. 
and he threw a deep pass that was intercepted by Shaq Richardson. <laughs> Argos that'll, didn't look back. That'll teach him. Yeah. And that has been a subject of some discussion in, in Hamilton, uh, Winnipeg, I believe. Well, I'm pretty sure it's in Hamilton, too, because it's... <laughs> Yeah, because so, because of well obsession and all. Well, um, and then a few other plays. I mean, you had Chris Edwards getting a sack to start the second half that really set the tone. I think for the way the Argos would play in that half. He certainly had um, Chad Kelly's run. Robbie Smith's block. I mean, that's self-explanatory. I mean, cool. it's just. That 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 gave me that gave me like the whole range of emotion. Now, now that whole sequence gave me a whole range of emotion. Oh, yeah, well, me too. Where it went from went from you dumbass, why did you put his hand on his mask? To I could make I I could let you make sweet love to me because of that field goal block. That's what it happened. And what was? What was more miraculous, Robbie Smith's block kick or Matt Black's interception? Well, I mean, honestly, Robbie Smith's block kick, because that's it, a block. Uh, blocking a field goal is a lot more difficult. You're well, you don't get as many op- opportunities, but. Matt Black made sure he was in the exact right right spot for that one, but this one it would like I I think it's close, but I think a block field goal is probably a little bit more miraculous than uh, than an interception. I would agree. Although they're they're they're, they're both right up there. Yeah, they're yeah they're both up there, but I would say the edge goes to the field goal block just because field goal blocks are rare in the CFL. Mm-hmm. So and interceptions, especially especially when a quarterback gets greedy, isn't you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say that. Well, so yeah, field goal block totally. Yeah, I mean, it's something I may put up on a Twitter poll in a month or so when everybody's when recent bias is going to be gone. Yeah, um, yeah, I was about to say, it's the, until the recency bias goes away. <laughs> I guess for me, it was more emotional, the, the interception, because I was there. But Doug, yeah. you were there as well. Um Whereas this was, this was more of a sigh of relief, I think. For me, it was kind of like, like, I, know, I, 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 I almost punched the ceiling. So I threw a soft pillow and clothes hangers. But the football guns knew, I guess. Yep. Uh, and it's you know the Argos had their championship rally on on uh, Thursday. Before you go on to that, I just I kind of want to kind of want to touch on something. 
it's kind of on brand this season that they would win the Grey Cup by one point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and give me a ninth consecutive heart attack. Yeah. Because it all started the the preseason game in Guelph where we beat Hamilton by one. Then we beat Montreal by one. So that, uh, let's just hang on. I'm just going to do quickly count of yep. games that we won by one point here. So that's two. We lost by one in week four. Yeah, but I'm not counting that. Uh, where are we here? We whereas we won by three against BC in week 18. Uh, one by one over Montreal in week 20. Yeah, it's like they were all with they were most yeah. So like there was a few quite a few games this season. Within that, one score. Yeah, within one that were win within within a field goal, not within one within like yeah, or within a field goal. So it's like, of course, it's on brand this year that they would win the Grey Cup by a very small margin. Okay, so I, j- I just wanted to mention that. So okay, so we're talking championship rally now. Yeah, well, finish your thought. I think one of the things I was worried about coming into the season this year was that they wouldn't lock out on those close wins. They mostly did. Yeah. Surprising, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, of course, the Argos came home from Regina on uh, Monday night, I believe. Hinak uh, Mwamba had the Grey Cup at the uh, Leafs game. I think he went straight there, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was That was what? That was that Monday or was that Tuesday? That, that Monday, was mo- Monday. Monday night. Okay. And then Tuesday. Or Wednesday, I can't remember. It was Monday or Tuesday. They had the uh, great cup at the at Raptors. The, yep. Yeah, that, that was, I believe that was Wednesday. Let me, let me double check that to make sure. Speaking of which, they, but speaking of which, they beat Dallas 1 105 100 today. Uh, that was. Yeah, that was Wednesday. Yeah. And then they had the rally the following day. Which, honestly, from the... I didn't get a chance to go down, but from the pictures and videos that I saw, there was a ton of people there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I I worked extremely extremely late that night, so I couldn't... So I slept in, and so I was watching it on YouTube. But uh, there was a heck of a lot. There was, like, there was, yeah, there was, there was more than I think a lot that the majority of the league would expect to show up. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure most of the league, according to the meme, there would get like what maybe a couple dozen people. There'd be more players yeah. and more players and fans. Nah, yeah. not this time. Uh-uh. No. And when you looked at that that crowd, there was a ton. Like it wasn't just you know people showing up to show up. Like there was Argos jackets, hats, toques, flags, jerseys. Like there was you saw a ton of Argos merch out there. It was a blue. It was a proper blue sea. And then and then I think it was they they threw out some of the. Uh, the championship t-shirts that the Argos had made with that nice championship logo that they did up. 
So there's a bunch of people who came out of there with uh, brand new Argos Championship t-shirts. Um, one thing we got to mention is, you know, there were a couple of players who were absent from uh, from the rally. Um, and, you know, both of them were completely honest. Speedy B wanted to see his family on, on Thanksgiving, and so did McLeod Bethel Thompson. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson joined the rally via Zoom on the giant screen outside Scotiabank Arena. And I, yeah, I, I think he, he was. He, he got a little emotional during that call too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if, if it weren't American Thanksgiving and he you know, had that had a chance to have his family up here more often. He probably would have been here, but he's a he is a family man first above all. And mm-hmm. I don't even I, I don't even know if his uh, his partner and and uh, and kid were able to make make it up uh, for more than a couple days all season. Yeah, well, the uh, the kid was at the East final. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still like it, you know, when you not, not seeing your family for, you know, the ma- majority of several months, you want to be there, especially on a, you know, you know, holiday like Thanksgiving in the U S so I, I, and you know, speedy B same thing, right? Like, you know, didn't have, he didn't have his family up here, uh, much if at all this season um so you wanted to get down to see his family so i got you know the people say well he couldn't be up here oh i guess you know they're passing the torch no he just wanted to be with his family and everybody in this in this situation who matters is is okay with it Mm -hmm. oh absolutely Although there was one really good, there was one really good sign at the rally. It was kind of a slight. It was a kind of a backhanded, kind of a backhand to to the to the main tenant at Scotia Bank, and it's the sign said, "Only Argos win cups for Toronto." <laughs> so I'm I'm like, and 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 of course somebody put it out there saying slander toward the Leafs. I'm like, and then I just say, no, that's not slander. That's straight fact. <laughs> I mean, in our since the, I mean, we've won. We've almost won as many cups since the Leafs last won one that they have in their entire history. Mm-hmm. We're almost there. <laughs> can, can you can you imagine if we if the Argos win thirteen cups before the Leafs win their fourteenth? It could happen. It very well could happen. I th- and I honestly think it will happen personally. Yep. Well, um, I mean, it, it just goes to show, you know, where the fan base that gets shat on the most by fellow Torontonians. We're the only ones who win once in a while. And Consi- consistently, their- consistently win. 
and in keeping with their theme of uh, from the Grey Cup, Enoch Mwamba hoisted the cup, uh, and I think it was it was Shaq Richardson was standing there shirtless, uh, and uh, going with their mantra, "It's not cold enough." It tarps off, boys. <laughs> That's all I got. It's like, yeah, tarps off, boys. Let's go. Yep. I know because yeah because I yeah because I saw the picture he Enoch was uh Enoch was in his undershirt yeah. yeah he was there in his under in his undershirt yeah no, was it I think it was Andrew I think he, did I miss I think he might have uh, Enoch said it was Andrew Harris who came up with that it's not yeah. cold enough <laughs> well he did well he well he is from he is from Winnipeg yeah he, so and Enoch did make mention of that. Yeah, yep. so I so it wouldn't surprise me if like he came out there and uh, and he and he it wouldn't surprise me if he went tarps off here at the East Final because quite frankly, it, yeah, it, it would be downright balmy for him. <laughs> oh man! And okay, the one thing that we got to talk about is the um, the championship gear. It, 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 there have been, been a lot of fans who have been a little bit let down because of the uh, the color choice. They're but, downright shitting on it, let alone get a, let alone let down. Um, the yeah, the because it, it they're always generic and then they throw the logo in. But normally they're a relatively neutral generic. This one. It was black and gold. Ugh. And and not the shit yellow that down down the QEW. That's yellow, not gold, boys. Um, it was black and gold, and and honestly, like oh, that's I, I I was I was upset, and then I started thinking about all the like. This gray cup wasn't supposed to be in Regina. Hmm? It well, no, it it wasn't originally supposed to, supposed to be in Regina. It was supposed to be in Regina, uh, in uh, right, yeah, because yeah. of the, the pandemic year, twenty twenty, yeah. So and and some of these things, you know, are you know put together in it well in advance. So this could have been something that was, you know, put together for Grey Cup being hosted somewhere else. Um, I got. I think I get what you mean here. Yeah. Like I, I, I think that they missed the mark on what they should have done with these things. Um, but I've I, after seeing them in person today. Because the first time I've seen them in stores was today. Oh, um, really? Well, it's the first time I've been to any stores. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But no, yeah, I saw them in several stores in Square One in Mississauga. So, um, there, there you, heard, you heard it, Argo fans. Get out, get out, get your ass up to Square One in Mississauga tomorrow and get get yourself some gear. <laughs> there are several shirts, uh, some sweatshirts. And uh, I know Pro Image, the guy told us that uh, he's getting another shipment of the hats in uh, this week. So I don't know whether 
that meant that he had sold out of the hats, which I take as a, a good thing. I think that's a, I think that's a great thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's what he what he mentioned. He said he's, I've got another shipment of the hats coming in, so I'm going to take that as uh, they, they've sold out. But I, I've I've looked at it and I thought about this stuff, and I I, I like logos and and uniforms and all that stuff probably too much for some for somebody my age um but i think when you're doing championship gear the generic coloring needs to be either 100% neutral and you know grays and whites and blacks um or oh, beige as well or you go with the um host committee's colors right cuz every every championship has a a color theme right and and that you can you can get away with right like you know, yeah, you, it's probably going to be a little bit different when you see it. Uh, you know, the, you know, with Saskatchewan green and stuff like that. But you know, look back at the 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 hats and stuff. You know, when when the Argos won in in Ottawa, they were red and white in two thousand and four, right? The the were they the same in twenty seventeen as well? Yeah, I uh-huh. I I believe I believe so. Like they were they were the colors that the festival had adopted. Um, hell, even even in I believe it was, yeah, it was '95 in Regina, and there was actual purple in the Grey Cup Festival logo, and there I believe there was hints of that in the in the hat as well from then too. I don't even remember the '17 gear being for sale. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, I I get what you mean. I get what you mean, though. I get what you mean. Where, where, yeah, you could have gone with like the with like the double green and the red. You know what I mean? The dark yeah. green. It's dark green. Saskatchewan's John Deere green, and, <laughs> and and the red for the for the maple leaf and the logo. I, I get what you mean. Yeah. I mean, when when you know when the the Grey Cup was in in Edmonton, normally you you do have the yellow and green theme in there. So, but I think, I think as a, as a, as a rule, you need to make the colors a little bit more neutral. And especially in Canada, we go grays or silvers with that, because that's the color of the trophy. Mm-hmm. But when I actually saw them in person, the stuff in person, it, I mean, even though it, it, you you can tell it's not the gold from down the road um, or what they they like to believe is gold. It's, you know, it's a streak of yellow down their back. Um, oh, shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it 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 actually looks decent in person. You know, 
take out the fact that you know Hamilton is our rival, it, they, they they look decent. So so what you're saying is that the gold that they have it's more like like the old like a proper it's, metallic. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, because I on a high def t- TV it doesn't come across that way. No. But when you see it in person, it's yeah, it looks that it looks that, so. Um, well, not much off-season stuff has happened yet. Seeing it's only been one week since the the Grey Cup, uh, not even a week. Um, we do have a couple. Uh, you know, we got the Hamilton is traded for Bo Levi Mitchell's rights. He um, ain't he ain't signing there. <laughs> okay. I read some, there was a tweet um, that was quoting Will's favorite play by play commentator uh, from Saskatchewan, Michael Ball. He's not even Saskatchewan fan, his favorite play by play. Okay, you're going to, okay, you're going to have to clue me in on this one. Why, why does Will hate him? Or is it just irrational? It's it it he's not very good. It's not it's not irrational, Doug. This guy is a complete. He makes Rod Peterson look objective. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. He's he's a little bit. Uh, he's a little bit uh, conspiracy theory ish kind of guy. You sure he's not a Hamilton fan? Yeah, well, he <laughs> wasn't yeah. he wasn't he defending Marino? Yes. Oh, so okay, so he's not okay, so he's just straight scumbag. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, he 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 will defend anything from anything right. And he's been doing stuff with the Riders, like he was doing their post game shows and and stuff for years too. Um. Anyway. He Ooh, mentioned me. it, 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 the CFL news, uh, the great news aggregate on on Twitter quoted him as saying, you know, he had uh, an email out to Bo Levi Mitchell and he asked him uh, what he thought of uh, Regina. And he said, well, it's, you know, it's a great football t- football town. Uh, reminds me a lot of my home in Texas. And. He went on to say that he took that to mean that he was very much leaning towards coming to Saskatchewan. <laughs> now, all well and good. Then, then uh, Farhan Lauji replied to the tweet, mentioning he also has emails and conversations, um, but he's not going to reveal exactly what's what's in them. But he said, you know what? From what I can understand, it's about. Hamilton, 30% Toronto, and only 10% Saskatchewan, where Bo Levi Mitchell wants to go. Yeah. So it's gossip, and I just thought it was funny. Well, I think think it's probably a good idea to sign a uh, veteran to back Kelly. Well... I'm not in. We will need Bowie by Mitchell's money for another. Yeah. Other things. 
Um, and then uh, I guess the, the other thing that uh, we're starting to get the way too early um, free agent lists. And right now, the early free agent list in Toronto includes uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, Andrew Harris, AJ Olette, uh, receivers Marky Thambles, Jawan Breskison, DeVaris Daniels, Curly Gittens Jr., and Eric Rogers. On the offensive line, Isaiah Cage, Philip Blake, Justin Lawrence, Trevor Tate. On the defensive line, Jagarrett Davis, Fabian Foote, Shane Ray, and Robbie Smith. Uh, linebackers, Brandon Calver, Winton McManus, Enoch Muamba. Defensive backs, Deshaun Amos, uh, Robertson Daniel, Chris Edwards, Royce Mechie, Shaq Richardson, uh, kicker Boris Beattie, long snapper Maxime Latour, and uh, a couple guys who are uh, on the end of the year on the practice roster, uh, Jeremiah Hadel, um, American offensive lineman Kofi uh, Appia, Canadian offensive lineman Dylan Giffen, Canadian offensive lineman Braden Knoll, American defensive lineman Jared Brinkman, American defensive back or defensive lineman Eli Menser, global defensive lineman Simeon Oconta Wariso, uh, Canadian linebacker Enoch Penay Larea, uh, Canadian defensive back Jonathan Ed- Edward, uh, American defensive back Caleb Holden. And global kicker Toshiki Sato. Now, is there any sort of gentleman's agreement with that? Like practice roster guys who automatically become free agents that they don't sign them or they don't sign each other's like guys who are in that situation? I don't. I I don't know if there's. You don't see a lot of that. Because everybody's trying to go for the the guys who are you know active roster players first, but you know, and then and some of these guys are just gonna they're they're gonna let them walk, right? Um, but I'm looking at this, you know, and my I would love to see Andrew Harrison AJ Willett back here again. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, the receivers. Gittens. <laughs> Gittens Jr. is obviously your number one target. Yep. He's your number one target. Period. Yep. Um. He. Yeah. He is your probably the number one target for your off for your free agents. Um. I would love to see Devaris Daniels back. And I, you know, I I can understand we may not be able to get all of these guys, but you know, the one and the, I didn't realize Speedy B signed two years in Toronto, so we can get two rings. <laughs> <laughs> On the offensive line, I mean, are those those four guys right now that we've got, like, I, you know. I, I want Philip Blake back here because apparently the dude can play every position on that line. I think it's time to cut bait with Isaiah Cage and Will's favorite tackle, Trayvon Tate. 
Yep, I would ag- I would agree with that. And uh, if you can get Justin Lawrence for the the right price, I think that's a might be worth it. Mm-hmm. He's probably backing up in 2023, I think. Yep. The way I uh, see it, four fifths of our offensive lines more or less already set. Yeah. Well, you got Peter Nakasho as your center. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Hunter. Yeah. Vladek. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicastro. Yeah, said that already. Yeah. Um, uh, McKellar. Yeah, you've also got Gregor McKellar. He's uh, he's been good at the uh, at guard. Um, Darren Churchill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dylan Giffen. Yeah. Well, he's uh, gonna be a, a he's gonna be I a free he, agent. Yeah. I think he finished on the injured. Yep. Yeah, and Mr. Shane Richards. Yep. Um, and I think Shane Richards is is done pretty well. He's growing into that role. I wouldn't mind seeing Dejon Allen back. Oh, he's not a free agent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's good point. Allen. Yeah. Yeah. So you will um, see him back. Yeah. <laughs> On the defensive line, I mean, if not for to guarantee yourself a trip to the Grey Cup, Jagera Davis. Yeah. Because uh, just having him on your team apparently does that. Yep, we gotta we gotta keep him. <laughs> gotta keep him. Robbie and, Smith's gotta be right back. Yep. Oh, guarantee, yeah. I'd love to see Shane Ray back here, but I, I'm too many injuries. I'm yeah, I'm not sure I would commit the money that you know that that he would command. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would agree there. Yeah, if he like. And dear God, I want Winton McManus back. Yes. And Enoch back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I want Enoch back. But, I mean, the only way you let Enoch go is if Enoch decides he wants to retire. Otherwise, you back the friggin' truck up and just... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, defensive backs, I think we've... We're pretty deep, but I want to see Royce Mechie back. I think he played pretty good that back there at uh, at safety. Yeah, and Shaq, I mean Shaq too. Yep, he's the leader of that group. Yep. Um, you know they lumped Chris Edwards in there. Um, he could be a linebacker too. Um, yeah, I, I was I was glad that. Uh, you know, when he he came back this year and he was, I don't, I don't put it, uh, a little bit more reserved. Yeah, but, um, yeah. He's, um, you know, he might be a schmuck, but he's a game-breaking schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and he's a schmuck that's going to stay. He, he's one of those guys you want on your side. And we know he's on our side. Until he's not. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, Max Latore don't fuck with the long snapper, so. Yep. And what do we do about Boris Beatty, guys? I mean, it's. <laughs> you it, know, he had a rough year. He had a rough year. 
and I, and I think it was a little bit the the moving the hash marks that he just wasn't able to wasn't able to uh, to figure it out. Yeah, but a seventy eight, I mean, seventy eight percent percentage on field goals. You got to be better than that. But I mean, I, kicking is a position you just, you know, you don't fuck with that either, right? No. I mean, I would just attribute it to an off year and try to bring him back, but get him, but get him some competition in training camp. Mm-hmm. Babe, and if you if you can get somebody better in the free agent market, go for it. Because honest, because I don't think you're gonna get anybody. I think. I mean, you're not gonna waste a you're not gonna waste a draft pick on a kicker. So. Mm. I, uh. Yeah, and I mean, he's it, right now. CFL ranks him as the fourth best uh, kicker in the league. Uh, behind Ray Paradis, Lewis Ward, and David Cote. Well, Seth, the Hamilton's kicker is pretty good. Size small, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he was 90.7% here. It's looking like, I mean, Beattie was 78%. Sean White, you know, veteran of BC, was 92 Uh Rene Paradis was... Um, 90% field yeah. goals. Yeah, as far as uh, percentage goes, he was second yeah. last. Sergio field Castillo goals. was 84. Yeah. Um, Mark Leggio was 82. I know, I know they're not enamored with him in Winnipeg right now. Uh, Brett Lother was but, 82. But would you take a flyer on him knowing that, he only, that his field goal kicks aren't going to clear the line, though? No, no, I'm I, not saying. I think Beatty will probably be back. I mean, what 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 else is he gonna do? Yeah, I I don't. I right now I don't see a better option out there. No, I don't either. Unless maybe you can get like a, unless you can get a good cast off from one of the upstarts down south, which entirely possible. But I that's not always the be all to end all, right? Ex- exactly. Yeah. So now he's your guy until he's our guy until you get someone better. Yeah, we did. um, So we also did. I did put a second question, but where the Argos need to improve. We were already discussing kicking. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of the thoughts, you know, we got were. um, I mean, Dave, our friend Dave Slusser just said, you know, Signing their roster, which is mostly, you know, a lot of free agents, that's more key. Um, Steve Cody says offensive line, um, number one, uh, which, I mean, they did come away in the, as the season went on. Yeah, uh, I think when, when we brought in Ryan Hunter, it um, it really helped. 
Ooh, you know, it started to get it started to get a little bit uh, more consistent that way. I mean, I don't want to see Philip Blake playing playing outside. It's just it's not his natural position. Well, that's I mean, that's but, something that's the only hole I see on the, the line right now is that left yeah. tackle spot. I think they maybe want Hunter Ryan Hunter to play that. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Left guard. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so, yeah. The left tackle instead of left guard. I, I've, and I thought that's what they were bringing him in. I didn't, you know, when they had him backing up at center and then guard and then, you know, it was, I was a little bit confused because I thought he was a tackle. Well, I think in the NFL, it was a tackle, but it got kind of adjusted to, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, Remember our our our, our uh, East Rookie of the Year center in 2021 did not play it down this year, and um, and I will give Justin Lawrence credit. I mean, it, it was um, there were a lot of uh, what's that word um, growing pains with him at center, but yeah, by the end of the year that, that those snapping issues were were gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Corey, it's kind of like Curly is obviously a priority, but I mean, I and I guess there weren't many a thousand yard receivers this year, but like another guy who could maybe push that a thousand yard mark. I think Tavares Daniels, it's his uh fifth or sixth year in the league, and he's you know 700, 800 yards guy, but. Can't seem to quite get it above thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had a few injuries here and there. Um, Cam Phillips, uh, I'll look for him to have a bit of growth. Yeah. Um, From he, a guy that I was trying to run out of town early in the season. Yeah. To a guy I'm glad is on our team. Well, he, he led the, he led the team in receiving the Great Cup. You know, you've been a bit slow coming back from injury. And um, it's, I mean, we'll see, you know, every CFL team has to be active in free agency nowadays. Yeah. Because the amount of numbers that there are. So, I mean, uh, but the key is, I mean, after the Great Cup in 2017, we took a lot, of, we lost a lot of guys, especially in the secondary. I mean, we got to keep that at least the leadership core together because I mean, th- this off season's so crucial. I mean, um, eh. it's especially crucial because I mean, you know, not only do you've got, you know, as you've got the XFL starting back up, yeah, you know, that's that's going to take some of the the talent away. Yeah, you know, so it's. It, you got to be, you got to have that consistency. And, you know, I think that's, that was, that was, uh, you know, what several people responded to you with the, you know, pinball preaches consistency and they, they need to do that. They need, and that's going to go a long way with your fan base too. Cause you're good. You're, you're, you're going to be able to, you know, buy a jersey for somebody that is actually going to be here 
long-term. Well, right? uh, but, but also we have to look at the perspective. If we've caught some people's uh, casual people's eyes in the city, and MLC has got to figure out how, how to get them in the, the building. I mean, we got, we got 21, 22,000 for the East final. Get the rest, you know, figure out how we get those extra 10,000 people in the stands next year. Yeah. And consistency yeah. is going to go a long way with that. No 4 and 14 season next year. No. Make the East final again. Yeah. Well, you know, get, um, you know, I want that place rocking. We all you know, do. I, I want Adam, you know, to get 25,000 people going. I'm just going to start name dropping it, everybody, <laughs> except for um, that other person. <laughs> yeah, so, that narrows uh, it down. Our, our, our friend, um, you know, Lori, Dave, Janet, Adam, they all went out, and Steve and Erica, they all went out to uh, uh, to the Great China. Cup. Yep, looks like they had fun. Um, we had know, a little bit, a little it, bit. Of and Marco are very happy that the Argos won the Grey Cup. Yeah. And it um and and just because he would not answer our call early in the Argos fan cast uh, existence, we won't mention his name. Yeah. <laughs> so um. Yeah, we've got a lot. We've got work to do in the off season, and you know it's not just signing the players. It's you know they got to continue doing what they've been doing, you know, getting getting the, you know, and Hogan mentioned they've been targeting the the younger kids. They've been going. They've been you know they've. They're basically bank, bankrolling the uh, flag football league, um, you know, getting kids uh, in there. They're going and giving, um, you know, they're going into schools and giving them, you know, trying to get them the excited and, you know, giving them discounts on tickets and stuff like that. Like, you know, and you got people coming back and getting their, you know, the, you know, I I've seen people that I've seen with their first game thing, first game uh, certificate, and then you see them back, you know, another time. You know, now we've got them in. Now get them back a few more times, and then get get them to one season tickets. Yeah. You know, it's. I think as much as we have, well, for lack of, we've shat on their their attempts. Um, to and rightfully grow the so it's. And rightfully, to, and rightfully so, it's at points. And, right, uh, of course. And but of course, well, we want to make sure, you know, like, this isn't targeted at Rob Richards and Mike Hogan, you know, like, you guys work your, your asses off. Oh, no, if anything, if anything we're going to applaud them and celebrate them. Yeah, it, it's the MS, MLSC umbrella at large that doesn't, uh, but, 
But it, but then you you hear like with the, you know some of the the initiatives that like Hogan said that they they have been working on and you know I I'm looking I'm probably looking at this with double blue colored glasses on but it's it's a very targeted slow build and I'm starting to come around on that that you know there's because you look around and in the stadiums i'm seeing a lot more younger faces you should take a look take a closer look at the at the rally there was an awful lot of young faces out there an awful lot (laughs) you know and that's how you build this Mm -hmm. you know and you know they're their build may be a very slow build, but it's we're starting to see some of the things they keep telling us they're doing. We're starting to see some of that come to fruition. Is a little, it, I think it's still a little bit slow, but you know we're starting to see those things they keep telling us that we're going to see. We're starting to see some. All right, gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. Three minutes, and we're out of here. We got. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, okay. First thing I want to mention right off the hop is, um, is Reddit. I know you're thinking, why is he going to talk about Reddit? I'll tell you why. The, the Toronto Argonauts subreddit which I happen to call myself the chief engineer for because I'm a, I'm a moderator and I've done most of the cosmetic upgrades to it because it wasn't looking good. We are shy of a thousand uh, subs on there. We started the season at 625. So over the course of the season, we have grown by leaps and bounds. Mm, pardon me. And I'm absolutely floored by it, but I would love to see. And people are start and people are starting to engage on there, and it, it's it's really it's really grown. And I encourage everyone who is who wants to talk about, about the Argos to, and and if you do have a Reddit account. Come on, come on to the Argonaut subreddit. We would love to have you. But and um, it that's at reddit.com slash r slash Argonauts. We've we've got a nice Grey Cup Champions banner up with that features teams of the past hoisting the Grey Cup, including our own team. Um, we've got we've got links to tickets, to merch, to Grey Cup stuff. And people, and we're starting to get, like I said, we're starting to get more and more people posting on there all the time. So I would definitely, definitely come on by, give, give, give us a, give us a sub and join in on the conversation there. And, um, while you're at it, visit ArgoFans.com and you, don't mind OVArgo. Don't mind some of the boomers that are on there. Oh. Uh, <laughs> We, we our Reddit tends to skew younger. Okay, <laughs> this is our fourth breakup as a as a website now, and um, yeah, 
So yeah, if you're looking for if you're looking for an alternative from the stupidity that is on Facebook and the mm-hmm. and the and, and the occasional toxicity on Twitter, Ugh. come on to argofans.com and reddit.com slash r slash argonauts. Give it come give us a try. I think you'll like it. Um Okay, uh, shall we book our flight to Kazakhstan, boys? <laughs> we can. Wonder where we have to connect. Uh, I, I, I I'm think gonna it, guess a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> um, one stop. <laughs> uh, really. Uh, let's see where we have to stop. Uh, it's got to yeah. be like Frankfurt. Frankfurt. It's be Frankfurt, yeah. If it's Air, if it's Air Canada, it's probably Frankfurt. Because I know that's where they're going to go. Uh, all right. So, uh, the friend first... Anton's been been quite busy. Well, <laughs> I, as he should. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, uh, the one that I liked right off the bat was one from yesterday. Uh, where he quoted the um, the CFL's, uh, they you know put out a picture. He thought this might make a good wallpaper, and it was the you know picture of the uh, the field, the Grey Cup with the um, fireworks going off, the snowbirds going overhead, and uh, it's taken from the Winnipeg end zone, and makes the Winnipeg logo look like an M. And he said it's. Uh, they lack BT. <laughs> ah! I thought it was great. I'm going to have to do that for him now. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that for him I think, now. I think we need a shirt that says tweets from Kazakhstan. We got to get to work. Okay, I've got a few. I'll work on some, some of these Whoa. and send them over <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we're yeah. Like I said, it's gonna be all part of the champs collection. It's gonna be a huge wave of stuff coming over over the over the off season. Maybe we'll get some. I have a couple of uh, a couple of designs that I've been holding that that were from 2017 that are gonna get activated, reactivated on the store. But uh, we'll get some. But we'll so that'll be some Christmas stuff. I'll get a I'm gonna get the blue bombers tears mug up and running as well. That'll be. <laughs> Hopefully some hopefully some Sask some Rough Rider fans will buy that stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, but we'll get that up and running. But uh, one of my favorites was uh, it didn't even involve the game. One of my favorites didn't even involve the game because I thought this was hilarious. Well, the response of it was apparently there was a apparently <laughs> some there was. Sewage leak. There was a sewage pipe that, that was discharging into Hamilton Harbor for more than 25 years. And nobody knew about it. And nobody knew about it. Well, I well, I mean, well, people knew about it's it. Gonna, it's going to be. It's going to. I mean, uh, I mean, for all of us, it's going to be too easy to to. It's going to be this. This is like softball level loft here. Okay. It's like to, an eighty-five so, mile an hour fastball right over the plate, belt high. Yeah, exactly. We're just we'll just we'll just smack it out of here. So 
so one of there was a tweet here that said the cause of the leak comes from a hole in a combined sewage pipe. The city says, and as a result, 50 or so Hamilton, Hamilton residences have been flushing directly into a storm sewer leading in, in, leading into the harbor. And he replied, Uzbeks have a similar problem. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, <laughs> asshole Uzbekistan. <laughs> uh, the, the other one I liked was uh, uh, when the CFL uh put out the uh, the championship hats and uh, you know we mentioned the colors he uh, he said there is a lot of yellow thread left in the championship factory <laughs> and i said <laughs> and i think there there was a good there was a good shocker one as well that happened actually during the gray cup that it was actually in english he learned oh, English. Yeah. So so he must have been drunk. Well, he, he must he have been said, really he drunk. Said he, he said he used Google Translate. <laughs> but I mean but I mean it just said, holy fuck, my goats are scared. It's like, yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, hooray. <laughs> it's like it's like we yay, you know? <laughs> oh, he was fun. Another another one, AJ makes Big Hill look like a small hill. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> and he tagged AJ Let Shout out to him. We love you, Burp. We love your brother. Yeah, he, he loves his he loves him some AJ Willette. By the way, uh, AJ, that, that CRTC fine's gonna be totally worth it. <laughs> nah, he ain't gonna get fined. It'll be TSN that gets fined first. We'll have to play that silly message. Yeah, they'll have to, yeah, they'll have to, but whatever. The CRTC commands that you play this message twelve times a day. It's like, all right, we'll all right, we'll book it for we'll book it for three the three thirty AM. We'll just book it on every commercial break. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's you can you can drop F bombs all you want. It's it's all it's it, you're allowed to swear up here. Okay. We're, we're fucking proud of this team too, AJ. Yeah. Exactly. We fucking love you too. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Be now, careful about the goats. <laughs> um, um, I also I, found there was a couple things I actually found on YouTube. There was actually one really wholesome clip I found on YouTube. I'll I'll put it out there and retweet it. And essentially, it was um, uh. It was basically his hometown's reaction. So there was a bar that was in Covington, Ohio, had a watch party for for the Grey Cup. Nice. So they were absolutely and so seeing a whole bunch of people in a small town in Ohio wearing Argo's gear watching a Grey Cup. And I mean the place the place was it was pretty full. It was pretty full. Um and they like I said, they were all watching the Grey Cup. They were all they were all in their glory when AJ got those two touchdowns. And he was and he was doing his thing. And I mean it, it was it's it's a really it was a really whole and they also reacted to him swearing on air, so <laughs> so it's so it it was a it's a really wholesome clip. I'll I'll share it for the I'll share it for everybody. It's 
it was really, really, it was really, really nice. It was really neat. It was. Um, now that I remember, Doug, you mentioned in videos, the CFLs um, did that. I don't know what to call it. Five minute package they released the other day of the Grey Cup. Oh was, yeah. With the music. Yeah, that was that was that was a beauty. That was that was that was like yeah. NFL films level good. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was. It was exactly what you want to see. It really was. Well, guys, I think it's been a good year. I hold on. I do have. Oh, one. I do have one more. And, All right. And th- this one was actually. Uh, this was slipped in them. This was someone sliding in, into my DMs on this one. This is a good. This is a good wholesome story. Uh, just give me one second to pull it up here. Okay. So this was the perspective of of a Winnipeg fan. Okay, who who I think lives in who lives in the area. Uh this was from uh it was Connor Sel- Selve. I hope I hope I'm got that. I hope I got that right. I hope don't shoot me for French inflection. I get it all the time with my last name too. Um but he slid into my DMs sending me the story. So it was the so here's how so here it is. It was the week before Grey Cup. I had no intentions of going, but was for, excited for the game. Tickets were pretty expensive, and I really didn't think I'd have I'd have a chance of being at this game. I started low, started lowballing the hell out of people, but that didn't really work because I just needed one ticket. So as a hail mary, I mean, kind of kind of just a joke, I posted on the CFL Discord. Hey, if anyone wants to help me with a ticket, you could stay at my place and I'll drive to and from Regina well, to do a round trip from Regina to Sas- like from Saskatoon to Regina. It just so turns out an Argo fan from Toronto was also planning his Great Cup adventure and had a roadblock of his own. No hotels in Regina and to fly to Regina was apparently more expensive than Saskatoon, plus had plus having to get around. For the record, I think it was more. I think it was actually cheaper to fly to Hong Kong than it was to fly to Regina that weekend. So, a man whom I've never met in my life, we've never spoken to every ever previously, messages me back. You know, I might be in on your offer. I couldn't believe it. No one believed me. We spent the next couple of days chatting and lining it all up, and uh, up until the day I picked him up at the airport. This guy I've never met in my life is staying at my house. Everyone questioned if I was going to get murdered or robbed. I didn't even have a ticket in hand, but I trusted him. The whole thing was surreal. We got up early the next day and drove all the way down, and we were probably some of the first people at the stadium. Took in the whole day. We were some of the last few out of the stadium at 11 o'clock. Winnipeg didn't win, but the experience will live with me forever. To experience all the fans, the energy, the personalities. Two CFL fans work work together to make the Grey Cup dream come true, and it was one hell of an adventure. It's a story I'll probably be able to tell for the next decade. CFL fans are the greatest football fans in the world. Thank you, Connor. You are my friend forever. I'll tell you this. 
This is a story you won't be able to tell for the next de- decade. This is a story you're going to be able to tell your grandkids. And there's not many other leagues in the world where you'd have a have that kind of generosity in a fan base. Exactly. Exactly. If this if the, if we're NFL, no, oh, you'd be scammed. You'd be scammed all to hell for mm. for a Super Bowl ticket. Nah. So that's a that's a nice story, Dan, and this off one. Yeah. And with that, I don't think uh, you know we love you, CFL family. Um, even if you're not cheering for our team, we still love you. That does it for the 2022 season of the Argos FanCast. Will, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at ArgoFans or at www.argofans.com where we are discussing priorities for the offseason and um, how MLSC is going to get their shit together to put 20,000 people in the stands next year. Doug, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at DougB519. You can find the Double Blue Order on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Just give us a search. You'll find us. Uh, merch store, we're going to, like I said, Champions Gear is going to be coming coming, be coming back up shortly. And we're going to have a whole whack of new stuff coming up over the off season since I'm actually going to have time to do, do some stuff. That'll be all at DoubleBlueOrder.ca. One last thing before you close it off, Clay. This is to everybody, and I want you two to get in on it as well. At this point, I don't care if you're listening to this at work. I don't care if you're listening to this on the quiet zone on the go train, and it's the rush hour. Hell, you can even be in a library. I think this would be a good time to give out one good, solid Argos. All All right. right. Ready? On three, okay? One, two, three. Argos! Well, you didn't get in on that. What the hell? That was, uh, his mic cut out. <laughs> he yelled so loud, his mic cut out. I wonder if the vault, if it's, um, <laughs> I wonder if, if the voice is too loud, it, it cuts it out. Oh, that's something you're going to have to work on. Upgrade your equipment in the off season. Yeah. <laughs> Will cheered so loud he broke his computer mic. That mm. worked so well. Hey, you can find me at all kinds of clay on the various social media machines, and uh, I'm going to be doing my best to uh, help Doug in churning out some of that uh, great champions merch and uh, maybe maybe a few other things that uh, that I've had in the in the tank for a while. We want to thank you, Argonauts fans, for listening. Uh, it was a great season. We're glad we won the Grey Cup, and we're glad we could share it, share it with you. That does it for the Argos FanCast for this year. We'll talk to you next time when we have some more Argos news to talk about. Cheers, everyone. Probably when we get the schedule.